Good morning, West Texas. Slam and Sammy Mead coming at you with Panther Football Radio. 4.70 a.m. on your dial. It's Monday morning, and we all know what that means. Only four days till Friday night, the night that our Dillon Panthers bring the hammer down on the Westerby Mustangs. Who wants to talk Panther football? I'm all ears. All right. Good morning, West Texas. You are listening to Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, Plus Booze, the podcast, starring me, Mary Johnson. And I'm Katie Elliott. And uh, we hope to be your guide on the emotionally charged ride that is Friday Night Lights, the television show. So this is our first episode, and uh, we're happy to be here. Okay, so we're going to get, I guess, into a little bit of like the origin story, if you will, of this phenomenon. Hopefully you guys are mega fans like we are. If not, we'll try not to spoil too much, but sometimes we can't help ourselves. Like, sometimes we get a little carried away, and we're going to talk about things that you might not know, but it's great. You can just Wikipedia everything that we talk about. So, in preparation for, like, kicking off this series, we watched the movie, which... which neither of us had seen before. Yeah, like, we just watched it today. Just like one second ago before we started fresh in our brains and boy, are we ready to share with you our thoughts and feelings on it. Um, I I expected to love it. I feel like a lot of people have not seen the movie or maybe they have and we were just the only ones who haven't seen it. If you're watching the show in real time, like as it was on television, would you have started watching it because you had seen the movie and you didn't recognize like that name or that story I want to know how successful the movie was and, like, how many people started watching it after they watched the movie. Well, like, it did get 80 on Rotten Tomatoes. Certified fresh, as we <laughs> found out. Which, like, what we're gonna, like, what we tell you about it, you're gonna, like, think, what? It was rated so highly on Rotten Tomatoes. It, it wasn't great. So, the m- movie is based on true events because it is based on a book which was written by what's his name hg oh bissinger bissinger yeah the book is called a town a team a dream and we googled it real quick and apparently it was just a guy who wanted to follow a high school football team in a town that the whole town like sort of rallied around the team and it was a way of life. So he just like wrote this book and like the book was popular. And then in 2004, 14 years later, they made a movie about it, um, which like is a crazy road to travel to get to the television series that we know and love. Yeah. And reading about the book, not actually having read the book, but it seems like it would be really good. And so I thought the movie would be really good because it's about a small town. It's critical of the way that they embrace these teen idol football players. But it really did not come across that way in the movie. The plot of the movie is like football team preps for the season, plays the season. There are star running back gets oh maybe i should interject here and tell everyone that we don't really fully understand 
the game of football. If you know the rules of football, feel free to email us and we can put you on the show and you can explain to us things as they crop up. Yeah, we'll Skype you in. We need to know. We need experts. So when we say the like names or roles of players, like the jobs they do, we don't know what's happening. We hope for the best as with everything we do. So the running back gets tackled by two guys and he falls over and he hurts his leg he injures his acl which is some kind of very important knee ligament all athletes seem to hurt it weird and slightly funny but i guess it's not funny because a guy in real life got hurt but like in the book the way that that star player gets hurt is he trips on astroturf during a preseason scrimmage but in the movie it's dramatized to be during the season during a game and he gets tackled by two giant men he he tries to come back he tries to play on it he gets hurt for real and he's out and he gets replaced by second string or third string running back And they have to rally and try to win all these games. And the coach is getting harassed by the town. And it's just like, it's not, it's so heavy. It's, it's dark. It's a dark film. There's also a very bleak storyline. Who is it? For Don. Don. The fullback. So Don's dad is Tim McGraw. In real Country life, music superstar <laughs> who plays a horrible, abusive post state champion who clearly hasn't let it go and never will. And he, well, I guess it's just indicative of how much pressure the guys get, but he just won't take no for an answer. He needs him to win state. I was gonna say, like, I think his dad is a really good example of how much that town cares about football like he is at the expense of your own kids happiness yeah their happiness their health like everything and we don't see these kids like get to be teens in this movie it is strictly football all the time and it's just like it's a gruesome dark story there's nothing fun about this movie yeah, there, I don't know if there's any jokes in it. No. You know what else wasn't in this movie, Katie? What? Uh, women. Uh, true. So, if you are a follower of the television show, obviously you have an insane love for Tammy Taylor. Tyra. And Lila, if, you know, in yeah. certain... In Lila, certain... if you're nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Like in certain seasons, certain story arcs, she brings it. She's amazing. Some of you crazy people out there might even like Julie. Please email us if you like Julie so we can Skype you in and ask you why. Your perspective is needed. But in this movie, there are no women characters. There are two high school girls who have sex with the star players at the very beginning of the game at a party. The coach's wife, who says no words. I think she probably says eight words in the whole movie. And it's basically just 
to be unsupportive of her husband, which is so different from the Tammy that we know and love. And there's a crazy mom of the star quarterback, and she has basically no lines. You know that she's there. You think that her, like, character is going to bring some interest or depth to his character, and... She but just, she's just baggage for him, basically. Yeah. She's every, just a reason for him to be a tortured teen boy. And you see these characters for two seconds every, like, 45 minutes, I feel. And there's they don't, like, contribute anything. It's so weird. It's so weird. And the actress that plays Tammy in the movie plays Tammy in the show. So it's, like, extra weird if you... It's weird to go back and see Tammy as basically wallpaper with insane hair. Let's just say it. (laughs) So, like, also it takes place in 1988, the original book slash when they're making this movie or, like, this movie represents that. So her hair is, like, 80s perm hair. Crunchy is how I would describe it. And I think her bangs are, like, straight straight and like arced away from her head and all her hair is curly yeah and like looks like like semi wet Mm -hmm. and she wears shoulder pads sometimes yeah it's very it's a flashback yeah so So, blast from the past um uh so did you say that when she was approached to do the tv show so i read that when peter berg who created the movie and the show he wanted to bring tammy back to reprise her role but she basically said no unless you give me a real role which is amazing and because of her the tammy we know and love was born i bet that like she actually did have lines and a part and then when they They edited the movie it just turned into like that's true because why would she sign up for a movie where that's her role yeah because she's so good at acting and like if you just hear her talk or like experience her presence you're like oh my god like now i'm comforted and i want to know more and hear more from her so i feel like she was jilted that something like unsavory went down yeah and that's why she would have that like be apprehensive well, thank God she did because Tammy Taylor is one of the best characters from TV that we know. <laughs> um, that's why I think that we both really connected to the show Friday Night Lights is because it's like an unsung feminist TV show where you think it's about football and dudes, but actually there's so many amazing, strong female characters. Yeah. So like, obviously one of the reasons that this movie did not sit well with us. So some of the characters in the movie are reflected in the pilot episode of the television show, which we also watched, sort of compare and contrast like where this series started and like where it's now, like where it headed with the television show. So in the movie, the star guy who gets hurt is named, just say it, (laughs) he's named Booby. It's and no, no one, one thinks it's weird. No one thinks it's weird. No one makes a single joke about it. That his was name, our only comic relief. His that name his is, name was Booby, but something terrible happens to him, so he can't even laugh at Booby. <laughs> his name is Booby Miles. 
And in the television series, in the pilot, you kind of get the, like, Smash Williams vibe from Booby. Yeah, his demeanor, but his circumstances kind of align with what happens to Jason Street in the pilot, which, if you haven't watched it, we're going to spoil it, but he he goes down. <laughs> yeah, so, like, in the television show, um, the running back isn't the guy that gets critically injured it's their star quarterback who is this like teen icon he uh is like the best quarterback that anyone's ever seen it's his pass rate we were talking about that before his his completion rate uh, yeah is like i think 73 percent pass completion rate which is like higher than like most nfl quarterbacks so jason street is like their god and in the tv show he's the one that gets hurt and he doesn't just blow out his knee he gets his neck broken and becomes paralyzed and it's the kicking off point basically for like the first season of the show so in the movie and in the pilot like there's parallels in that respect but they really make it they pull on your heartstrings in the TV show. They make it like the star guy that, you know, has everything. My heartstrings were a little pulled when Booby <laughs> Booby goes nuts in the in the doctor's office. I thought that was a there's good a, moment of acting. There's really good acting in this movie. And like if I think we also came in with like a jaded approach to it because we were expecting everything to be funny and amazing. And it was it was just very dramatic. It was a drama. It's it was straight up a drama. It was visceral. Yeah. And Booby gets really upset and, you know, he displays how much, like, his football meant to him and how much, like, his potential scholarships meant to him. And then he cries and it's really sad and you realize how much they build these kids up just to tear them down. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like a rough life being a teen football star. I wouldn't want to do it. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it either. I wouldn't even want to be a cheerleader. It's a rough ride also. Mm. So in the TV show, Jason gets Jason's the one that gets hurt. Everyone still has, they have to rally back. They have to continue playing after basically knowing that their quarterback not only is not going to play for them anymore, but he's seriously seriously injured mm -hmm. and they win in the first in the pilot episode it just chronicles one game so it's the, the first game of the season the game where jason gets hurt and then they come back and win that game with their second string quarterback uh matt saracen who is He's lovely an adorable baby angel mm -hmm. sent from literally the heavens to grace earth with his presence and his grandma is also that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you even even in the first episode, you get a good glimpse of like Matt's grandma being amazing. Yeah, she's so cute. Yeah. So Matt's grandma has, I guess she has dementia. I think they specifically say Alzheimer's later, but she's she's forgetful. But she loves Matt and she loves the game, but not in a way where it's horrible <laughs> and she puts too much pressure on him yeah so um like the injury thing is like the big the big tie-in for these two so as a precursor i guess to 
this uh, first season that we're going to follow. Um, it follows the main football guys, football players, I guess. Uh, Jason, the injured quarterback. The Matt, his fill-in quarterback. Starts out as QB1, bec- or starts out as QB2, becomes QB1. Becomes the captain of the team. Totally. Didn't see that one coming. He is unprepared for that. Yeah. But, you know, he makes it work. Smash Williams, the uh, running back. Mm-hmm. And Tim Riggins, the fullback. Tim Riggins. What's his number? 33? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tim Riggins is a beautiful man, as you can the instant that he appears on screen you just gotta google him and you'll just be like oh i get it amazing he's also tortured Mm -hmm. much like his counterpart in the movie Mm. comes from like a crazy home life has like raw talent but no ambition i guess i would say that the movie is like if you take everything that's not football out of the first season and then squish it all up into one movie the movie did feel squished yeah in the wikipedia page for the movie there's all this background information on the characters that makes it seem really intriguing and like all of their backstories are super interesting especially since you know that it's based on real life yeah but in the movie you don't see that yeah like if you guys like are really like because the the fact that like this comes from a, like a crazy beginning that someone was really interested in just Texas football, like either read the book, which I think I'm probably going I'm to. I'm probably going to. We should read the book together and then do an episode on the book. Yeah. Like read the book or like read the differences between book and movie. And then you'll be able to actually see the differences between book movie series yeah, it's quite an evolution. It really that evolved brought us to this. And there but there are still like threads that tie everything together. Yeah. Like the coaching is probably the most important facet of mm. the movie and then we really like get a glimpse of it in the pilot for the show. What's the coach's name in real life? Coach Gaines. Oh yeah, Gary Gaines. Uh, played by Billy Bob Thornton in the movie. The thought of Billy Bob Thornton and Connie Britton like being a married couple like churns my stomach. I really like Billy Bob. I only know him as Bad Santa, and then also that time he was on CBC Radio and he was rude. But was he seeing something no one else was seeing? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I love Billy Bob. I think that he's like such a badass and like can pretty much like do any weird movie role. You know, and it's fine. And he's, like, a good actor. So, like, when we need, like, scenes of passion or, like, scenes of anger or whatever, he can definitely deliver. And yeah, he definitely brings it in the acting department. But you don't get the same sense that, like, he cares about these kids so deeply like Coach Taylor does. He kind of comes across more like he's just shows up at his job. Yeah. So... And I feel like the movie is about the players. It really focuses on, like, those two or three guys and sort of, like, the the season. The show really focuses on the coach. 
and the coaches impact on the players Mm -hmm. the players have like their storylines like like everything like they have like it's like focused on them drama yeah like elements but the coach and the and how these kids are like molded by him is so important in the television show and in the movie you don't really know like billy bob or (laughs) coach Gaines. you don't really know like how many years he's been there or kind of like you know how his team reveres him or respects him but he still does command his team and he does sort of like guide them and inspire them but it's not to the same extent and i wasn't as inspired by coach Gaines, to be honest i think he really struggled to find a catchphrase i think that was the main issue there was a whole okay at this at the state championships where you're like he is gonna come out with some clear eyes full hearts can't lose shit and everyone's gonna cry and then they're gonna win state and it's gonna be amazing but instead he's just like your eyes should be clear your heart should be full of joy he one time tells them to close their eyes and think of booby which if you're a teen boy and you're closing your eyes and thinking of booby that's probably why they lost state because they were all thinking of booby poor booby (laughs) so like clear eyes full hearts can't lose is like when you hear that you want to just like you throw down your arms. You want to go like, crazy. I mean, like, you just, like, You surrender to what you need to do, and you buckle down, and you do it. it You're is like, most, my body is ready. It's the most inspiring thing anyone has ever said and invented. And ever will say. And in the movie, we're like... We need it. We needed it, and it wasn't there. The coach really sort of, like, fumbled through some inspirational speech pulled some elements from his the infamous catchphrase so do you think that peter berg hadn't yet thought of that catchphrase but he went back and saw that and he's like wait a minute maybe we're on to something here or do you yeah i guess that's the only way like it could have happened I was thinking that they would definitely have some kind of saying but then like the tv show would have like a different version of it well they do have mojo which I googled while we were watching the movie mm-hmm. because no one knew what that was, and it's a rallying cry okay. that is closely associated with that football team. So it's kind of like their catchphrase slogan. Yeah. So like Mojo was like written like on the field and on their helmets and stuff. So that was kind of like their mantra, Mojo. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a concept than a catchphrase, I guess. Oh, that's actually kind of smart. Yeah, it, it's cool because I don't know what its roots are, but it definitely, like, get your mojo going. That's yeah, a, totally. that's a thing. Yeah, like, okay, so actually that's more clear to me now that that was kind of, like, all-encompassing. It was mm-hmm. around them at all times. Because it, it has, like, magical elements, I mm-hmm. think. They sort of, like, believed in it and embodied it. Clear Eyes, Full Hearts Can't Lose gives you that, like, push of that kick in the pants of motivation like when you need it yeah he doesn't just pull it out whenever willy-nilly no he saves it in his back pocket and he's like these kids need something i think um in the dressing room in the television show it's written on the wall like of their home Mm -hmm. dressing room right like on the 
right next to the P. Mm-hmm. The P on the wall that they always smack before they play. They run out the the dressing room and smack the pee and Katie hates it when they smack the pee. I hate it because their fingers are so dirty. I just want to take a Mr. Clean Magic Eraser to that pee. You can't erase like the legend of the pee and like you can all, tidy the, it up. all the teams that came before that smack uh, the pee. Just, I'm surprised that you as a Virgo don't have more of a problem with it to be honest. I like it because it represents a ritual. Mm. But true. You need some antibacterial wipes. <laughs> um, so I guess you guys probably can gather from this whole thing that we weren't super impressed by the movie, but we wouldn't be here if we weren't super in love with the show. Yeah, the show is amazing. I had it recommended to me by a whole bunch of people, and then it was one of those things where I'm like, yeah, okay, fine, I'll watch it. And then I watch it, and I was like, Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I always like think, and I used to think actually that like when people saw the first episode, if they really understood like how important it was or like the, you know, the cult following that would ensue. But I guess like maybe people started watching it because of the movie. So there's always been like mega fans or like super fans since the beginning of time. And also just football fans. People who love football probably love Friday Night Lights. People love football texans love football it's so bonkers to like watch this and realize it's real yeah it's not an exaggeration it is a representation of people's true feelings on football we have a lot of like we're removed from that because we live in canada yeah so we we don't really know about the craziness we know about the super bowl and we know people who like to watch football, but we aren't consumed in that culture. Like it probably is in a lot of the states. Yeah. Like, so here's like the most like important thing that I know about the Super Bowl. It's like, you know, a, a fact that is really important. Um, like Beyonce plays at the halftime show. Like a couple of times. Yeah. So like she when does, I, it's like her, <laughs> it's her residency. <laughs> So yeah. the, what we know about the Super Bowl is that it's Beyonce's like, residency. Celine and Britney, they take up in Vegas. But not so for Beyonce, but because she's from Texas, probably. She loves football, too. Oh, my God. It's all coming together. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I know all the rules that pertain to halftime performances. There are none. <laughs> Anything goes. But like, you can't show your boob. Don't even try. So we're removed, obviously, from football culture because we could get off on a tangent about Beyonce for 15 million hours. Try to stop us. We have Canadian football, which, which I don't know about. I know that um, our balls are bigger in Canada, which is the truth. Oh, that's weird. Well, it is kind oh. of like a humble brag about it. Is the Grey Cup Canadian? Yeah, that's the Canadian Super Bowl. Okay, so here's an interesting fact for you. Okay, go. The Grey Cup and Earl Grey Tea both have the same namesake. No way! Yeah. So, Canada, we're fucking boring. <laughs> yep. That's the most interesting fact about Canadian football. Like, we don't have, I don't think, any sport, or, like, even any town that really has a sport or a team that, like, means that much to them, but, like, in America... The Jays. This year only. Yeah, this year only. 
and and in the 90s and in the 90s (laughs) give us 25 years and we'll impress you with our sports teams (laughs) like we don't have any like imagine our high school team cared about our football team like imagine like people got like scholarships and their whole lives set up from their high school sports team we didn't even go to see any football games in our high school we had a buyout which means we could buy tickets to go see the thing the game <laughs> the thing <laughs> but obviously we didn't go we just left i went to one buyout one oh yeah like you buy out and then, and then you, you go leave. home yeah yeah you like go like smoke a cigarette on the sidewalk and then you like go not get pizza. that we did that mom <laughs> and then you go get pizza yeah or biggie burger I've like when we never had the pressure, no one had the pressure. It was just like, it doesn't even register to me. This coach comes into this team new and all eyes are on him. And he has a relationship with the quarterback because he coached him in like peewee, sophomore, junior, blah, blah, blah. Baby football. Friday night tykes. (laughs) Yep. That's a thing. It's on Netflix. (laughs) don't watch it it's so scary and it actually reiterates what we're talking about in terms of like these kids being groomed for the world of professional football yeah well you have to start young and coach comes in you know to the best high school football team in texas and everyone is freaking out that like he's not going to deliver and that their team's not going to go to state it's probably because they saw his white turtleneck and tearaway pants which doesn't give you a good feeling for his professionalism. It's not the best outfit to wear to your first day of work. When you're being interviewed by NBC. We've thought a lot about the tearaways. The tearaways should go away. (laughs) In like the opening, one of the opening scenes of the... The very first time you see a person on this show. True. It's Coach Taylor walking, you know, the breadth of the football field, poignant sunrise. It's beautiful. Pan down to his tearaways flapping in the breeze. They are flapping in the wind like, like, it's not even really windy. They're just so baggy that they just catch any draft and they just like flop around. Like, you'd think that this was from 1988, the way he wears those tearaways. Yeah. I think we've said all that we can say about the tearaways, but we will come back to Coach Taylor's evolving style, shall we say. He gets better. And like, you know, the pilot episode of everything is like not totally indicative of where the show ends up and what the characters are like, Mm -hmm. which also we could talk about even Tammy. Tammy, she's a little bit, she's come a long way since the movie version of Tammy. Out the gate, Tammy, like, shows, like, how she is vocal and a clearer partner mm. in this relationship. is a good mm-hmm. word. She, but she already knows that, like, everything is second fiddle to football. Yeah, but she also comes off in this episode specifically a little bit shallow, I would say, where you don't, nece- you don't necessarily get who she really is yet. But obviously it's the pilot. Mm-hmm. There's only so much she can yeah, do. Yeah, you see like her as a representation of like the coach's wife. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she loves to talk about like, mo- and this is what she says in the movie too. Like 
she wants to move to Alaska because it's chill there and there's no football and no one to bother them and they can just hang out in Alaska. Have a big house with his and hers closets. His and hers closets, y'all. Um, but also Tyra, who becomes a really important character later, she is represented in this episode as not being much different from just those random extra girls that were in the movie so i think that maybe that's what they were building on those girls from the movie that's actually smart because it almost like it does reprise that like blonde like rally girl she's not a rally girl but she's like you know sleeping with the like star fullback and you don't know much about her in that first episode because she basically is like that like slutty girl that you know there's a negative air to it yeah and it really shouldn't be that way but later it's not that way but Mm -hmm. i guess it's the beginning of a long road yeah everything's set out pretty cut and dry in terms of like you know like the gender roles obviously um who's dating who whose life is perfect whose life isn't perfect um and you get a real feel for like coach's home life too his family his julie julie we can talk about julie a little bit she comes across poorly (laughs) her first words in the show is i don't talk to football players and like and she just makes the worst face i don't eat lunch with football players which I guess maybe she's been burned before. We're supposed to infer that football players are bad news. Mm -hmm. She's like reading a book and stuff like while she's eating and Landry and Matt Saracen like bother her a little bit. They're also sweet boys. She doesn't know that, but we know that. Mm -hmm. They're sweet, harmless boys. But obviously Coach and Tammy have had something to say about football players to her. Yeah. So that's where it comes from. And also, like, she is an artist and has no interest in football. So her dad's... She's a dancer. Her dad's <laughs> whole shtick. <laughs> She's a dancer. Her dad's whole shtick, like, about being a coach, about being, you know, involved in this, like, manly, grotesque sport. She wants nothing to do with because it does not... She can't relate to it. So she, you know, throws everything in that same category. And that's why, you know, football is not her, it's not her life. It's her parents' life. Yeah. And she does say a lot throughout the series that she doesn't want to become her parents. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, her parents are awesome. Her parents are pretty awesome. So that's not such a bad thing to aspire to. But, you know, she's a teen, whatever. Yeah, man. She's like a teen living in a football town. Like they're new to town. Her, do- her dad's job is threatened every single game they play. Yeah, she, they're never comfortably settled. Yeah, so like in this, in the first episode when um, Jason Street gets paralyzed, they don't really know the extent of his injury, obviously. In the first episode, he just kind of like gets carried off the field and everyone is really, really like tense about it. Like it is a sobering moment. Like even the other other team in the opposition like everyone realizes that this is probably not okay 
they play the game and everything's great, but you know that like coach is lost his ticket. Basically he's lost his meal ticket because he was relying on that quarterback to be, to help him do his job. And so like it, every little facet of it is so fragile. It's crazy. Yeah. He's yeah. He's on tenter hooks. Totally. Yeah. And the town doesn't hesitate to let him know that. Mm-hmm. Like he's constantly there. You'll constantly hear like people phoning into like the local radio station and to just, complain about him. <laughs> like what are people like? They have no time. Like they have no job. They have so much time on their hands. They're like, that's the only thing they care about in Dylan. The movie, football. the movie does not like have the whole town, uh, like they don't really see how much the town cares. Like the mm-hmm. movie is just basically like so focused on like one thing the whole time. It doesn't really branch out or explore other facets of it. This show really freaks you out in terms of how much the town needs football. Like the movie does not reflect that at all. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. It's what brings the town together but also what tears them apart oh my god i'm getting emotional just thinking about what's gonna happen next that's something that the show does really well with the soundtrack with the performances just with the way that it's filmed in to make it seem like we're really there it it is so fucking emotional <laughs> that you you don't even know what to do with yourself. Like, and the movie is dark and gritty too. I just feel we were just not prepared. We didn't for... have enough time to get to know those guys, so we didn't really empathize with them fully. I think that's why I didn't connect with it. I think I would give it like a fifty on, on Rotten, Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes. I, it had two good montages, so I would give it a 65. (laughs) It had two good montages, the whole movie. It did. It had one where they were all gearing up to get ready to play, Mm. and then they also had one where they were learning to work together. True. There was also a good montage near the end where, like, the when they're in the state championship game, Mm. um, the one team they're playing against is super mean. And I guess it's like the last, I don't know how football works. Does it work in quarters or halves? I wanted to say thirds. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let's not get carried away. (laughs) Anyway, there's a moment where they're in the dressing room and the one team, the op, like the mean team that they're playing is praying and it's cut with, um, the Panthers and they're like the guy who's filling in for this their fallen star he's like going through this a really emotional speech and it's kind of cut between their straight laced prayer and then his really emotion emotional mm-hmm. passionate speech to the team that's actually a really good yeah i thought that was really well done that was a good part and it shows and also like this team that they're playing is so mean and so crazy but like their prayer when they're like in their little timeout in the dressing room is so chill they're so all just bland. yeah they're all like very, very respectful by the book. so if you couldn't tell we are drinking wine in the great 
tradition of Tammy Taylor. We are drinking, what is it? Jackson Triggs Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, it's a seller select 2014. So you didn't skimp out for this. No. Um, Tammy starts out drinking red wine. You'll see her drink red wine in this pilot. But if you, I think red wine is a little much for Tammy. It she's more doesn't suit her at all. No, I think that Coach likes some red wine, but Tammy prefers white. Mm. Coach is definitely like a red wine guy. Mm-hmm. He probably drinks it for the antioxidants. Because in two thousand and six, they still believed that red wine had health benefits. I think people still think that. They shouldn't. Yeah. Well, we're not nutritionists, but... But, like, Coach, like, when you see him, he's such a red wine guy. Mm-hmm. He's, like, all dark. He, like, probably drinks it and pretends it's blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he mm. pretends it's the blood of his enemies. That's, like, the hottest thing I've ever heard about Coach Taylor. And he definitely drinks it like this. Like, swirls it in his glass. Yeah, let, let's... And then, let's, like, puts what it, like puts the stem between his fingers and swirls it. And really stares at it, it. Really lets it breathe. Yeah, and Tammy's like, um... Do you have any white wine? <laughs> yeah, she gets really into the white wine. It's kind of, like, a funny joke if you, like, follow the show and, like, a lot of them like memes and stuff you can also tell like how like what a hard day she had by like the amount that her glasses filled Mm -hmm. so we're gonna respect her and sort Mm -hmm. of like you know take her lead and we're gonna drink uh white wine i guess every time we do an episode i will tell you like about what it is what we're drinking how do you like this one it's actually pretty good it's like not super sweet it's easy to drink I would rate it eight out of ten boobies. (laughs) Nice. I agree. I would give it an 80 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's certified fresh, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. Yeah. So it basically, the movie is like a good stepping stone if you're looking to like really start in ground level. But I wouldn't say that they have a ton of commonalities no i wouldn't say it's required viewing no i definitely want to read the book now that i know what it's about totally i don't think that i would watch the movie again i hope i never have to watch the movie again <laughs> i'm okay with re-watching the pilot episode over and over and over again <laughs> how many times do you think we've watched the pilot so far i want to say six I think, like, on my own, without you, I've probably watched it at least th- four times. And then I've only seen the show through one time. So it's new to me, and there's things I've forgot, and then I rewatch it, and I'm like, oh my god. It's not... Yeah, so it's it's a little bit new to me, I'd say, but my passion for it is there. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Can't lose. <laughs> That's the pilot version. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess we're going to sign off. Thank you for listening. Next time, we are probably going to to watch the second, third, and fourth episodes and talk about them. 
thanks again for listening. Thank you. You can um, tweet at us at Clear Eyes Pod. You can send us all your thoughts. You can send us your football expertise, which we're in desperate need of. Yeah. If you, you love the show, please let us know. So maybe we can Skype you in. Yeah. If you can DM us with like any topics of conversation you want us to cover. Mm-hmm. Any like weird things people do or say or the stuff that happens. Or if you don't agree with us, let us know so we can get your feedback because obviously we don't know everything. Please don't send us hate mail about vocal fry because... We've heard it all before. Be creative in your hate mail, guys. But, I mean, let's not go too far. We're just two girls who like to watch TV. At Clear Eyes Pod. See ya. Bye. Clear Eyes, full hearts can't lose. Yeah!